Hey, everybody, and welcome to Punk Till I Die podcast number 25. 25. And, uh, 25. So we, we changed our – this is Tom Trauma course, and that other voice you hear is Liverpool Neil. We're both in isolation. I'm in my pillow fortress of solitude, and I don't know what Neil's doing, but we are keeping at least a six feet of uh, safe distance between us. But, Neil, what was that song we came into this time? It was something a little different, right? It was. It was, yeah. No more dead boys at the beginning of the show, at least not this week. I started off with um, – the fabulous uh, isolation by Joy Division, because I figured like, that nice, happy, nice, jaunty, happy, upbeat, upbeat tune for these people who are trapped in their houses. Well, it's a great song, though, man. I mean, if you, you know, it's just a great. Please don't song. follow the. Please don't follow the example of Ian Curtis. No, <laughs> we need you. We need each and every one of you. Yeah, um, but but seriously, <laughs> I, I mean, that's a, okay. So that's the second track off their second album, Closer. Um, yep. Well, what was to be the last album? Obviously, less than the a year later, real album. Ian Curtis. Dead. Yeah, um, and if. If you dissect the lyrics to that song, they're actually very dark, but um, it's a that's a that's a great song. Great, Man, we're trying album. to raise people's spirits here, Neil. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. Well, what hopefully, you, you, hopefully, by, <laughs> hopefully by the end of this, they'll they'll be raised, all right? Because uh, yeah, something. But, but something. it just it just seemed to be too perfect. It just seemed to be too perfect yes. of a song to uh, to let to let slip, right? So. so we're less than a week into this sort of borderline quarantine that we're in here. Now, you in Illinois are on a shelter-in-place quarantine, basically, right? Yeah, we are. We, that happened, what, does that, uh, what does that mean to those of us who uh, live in states that aren't totally communist? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> last Sunday, they decided that like all the bars and restaurants would close to dine-in traffic, right? And yep, we were supposed yep, to stay... That's where we, we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, we were supposed to stay at home if we could, but I guess they decided that wasn't enough. So yesterday at 5 o'clock... They announced the shelter-in-place thing, which means basically we can only go out for essentials. Um, you can go so, out. So, so factories are closed and everything, right? I mean, all places of business are closed essentially. Well, uh, if they're deemed essential, like the mail, like subway, it's like, funny, like right? Sewers so, so and all stuff. of a sudden, grocery stores have become like working at a grocery store has become the most important job in America. I mean, basically, right? Because they've got to or, keep they got to keep that going. Yeah. yeah, well, gas stations, even laundromats are considered essential, so those are going to hmm. be open. So you can go out and do some Boy, things. Those places are a good place to catch a disease on a good day. Oh my god, <laughs> you're not, dude, you're not joking. One of these weeks, I'll I'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like gas stations, even like car dealerships. Are, are, are going to stay open? They're they're deemed essential. Really? Yep. Because you so you're get... so you're working from home, so it really doesn't matter much for you. But you're so you're going out for groceries and okay. So like your your daughter and your daughter lives like oh, I don't know half hour away or whatever. Ten, ten minutes. You... Yeah, ten minutes. Oh, is it that close? Yeah. Okay. So will you will you still go over there? Or I will. Gonna... Well, I, okay. You're gonna... I will because I actually listen. Even... You should just keep a small sack of groceries with you everywhere you go. Dude, you figured me out. I actually do have that. <laughs> Hey, hey, while you're at it, you could get like a, you could get one of those like really expensive like female blow up dolls and put her next to you in the car so you could go in the high high uh, occupancy lane. Is that what you do? <laughs> no, I drive a government vehicle. I drive wherever I want. Okay, I have a little flashy light on the top. I just put that sucker on and go. Oh well, that's yeah. So. so so we have this so we have this shelter in place thing, which it seems like most people are doing. Um, you are allowed out to exercise, so you know I went for my run this morning, and well, it's like prison. You're allowed a little bit of time in the exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get an, we get an hour out in the sun every day. Yeah, yeah. Basically, go. but yeah, it oh, is, you're it is weird. You would, you're English. You don't even want an hour in the sun a day. An hour in a month is plenty, right? We don't see the sun. So exactly. what do you say? <laughs> hour of sun a month. <laughs> that would be nice, actually. But uh, it is, you know. But, but you know, to, it's to, been beautiful too. I mean, I don't know about down there, but I mean, we've had beautiful weather. I mean. It's chilly. It's like it's 35. cold. Yeah, we, been shot. we're supposed to get we're supposed to get two inches of snow tonight. 
Yeah, I heard that. So just to make everybody else even happier, you know, it's supposed to snow, so that'll just be great. Not that oh, we're going anywhere it anyway. It won't stick. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, yeah, it's supposed to be 50 by Wednesday. I'm working Wednesday, from home so. tomorrow. You know what I can't do from home? Plow snow at work. <laughs> so. Well, that's good. Yeah, I so, guess. So you'll be able to work on the podcast then, right? I guess. I, mean, I am. That's going to be my goal, honestly. I've got some writing stuff I want to finish up, but I'm going to... Uh, book us some guests. Just be, and it's not that I just haven't. I just haven't had a lot of lot of time. So we'll hopefully, hopefully be talking to some people. Like I said, I think in a perfect world, because we're on twenty five a lot sooner than we thought we'd be. You know, and we haven't run out of conversation yet. I mean, we, I think we could probably blather on forever. But I think it's a nice break for people to get a guest once in a while, and it ensures that we don't run out of stuff to talk about, you know? Well, here's what I'm concerned. We're both so old that, uh, you know, by the time we reach episode 40, we'll just start recycling all the shit that we've oh, already I'm talked about. Oh, I'm pretty sure about. we've already done it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're already repeating ourselves from the first one. And, and, I, be... and you know, we've, you talked about, we've, you and I have talked about this. I do another podcast pretty regularly, and I can't remember which one I talked about things on and what we already talked yeah. about, and it's, it's yeah. But... So I'm trying to pull back a little bit on the other one and really focus on this and get us some cool guests and i've been very happy with our guests we've had so far whether yeah, it be whether it be somebody like ricky who nobody really knows who he is that both that we know or somebody bigger like a ba or, or rick sims or whatever and i think everybody so far has been a good sport and been able to roll with us so when choosing a guest i'm really more concerned about whether or not they can hang with us than yeah. i am about you know how famous they are oh for definitely no i i agree with that completely because be i mean nuts. don't get me wrong if, if like i said if if you know joy ramon came back from the dead and wanted to be on the show i'd gladly have him or or, you know, if the most famous, whoever the most famous punk rocker is right now, I guess, like, if Tim Armstrong wanted to come on and mumble for an hour, I guess I'd be happy to have him, even though I doubt he'd have anything particularly interesting to say, you know? Actually, I actually heard him on, um, you know, the guy from H2O, one of the guys from H2O has a okay. podcast, um, okay. which, which is basically just him talking about how great New York is and, like, that crew, the alleyway crew, whatever the fuck that is. But um, he had Tim Armstrong on for, like, an hour, and actually, Tim was actually pretty cool. He could understand oh. every word he said. Okay, and, I can't get uh, back then. Please come on, Tim. And he he was actually very magnanimous, and he's a, he, he's he's actually a lot smarter than you would think. You know, well, he I think seems he's sort a, of homeless, but I guess that homeless doesn't make you not bright, right? Right. He's a he, he's, and he's homeless with millions of dollars in the bank, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty he's a pretty sharp guy, I think. So that would be that would be interesting. He'd be interesting. Now, yeah. The the worst thing would be is you get someone famous on, and they're actually dull as hell, and we can't draw them into anything interesting. That would be the kiss of death, I think. Well, my fear would be that he he wouldn't want to talk about anything that we'd want to talk about. He'd want to talk about his new project, which is like a Zydeco project <laughs> where he like only does classic punk songs in a Zydeco style or something. You know, he wouldn't want to talk about Rancid or, God forbid, you know, Operation Ivy or something. He'd probably want to talk about the Interrupters, actually. That seems to be where all his attention <laughs> you is, you know. But uh... I mean, if he talk, if he come clean about his marriage to the chick from the distillers, I'd be all about oh, talking Bro to him. Brody? Yeah. Yeah. But, That's an interesting so, story right there, I think. There's some yeah, uh, interesting maybe. stuff there. So, so yeah, so we, we actually have some topics that we've actually planned out a little bit ahead of time today. Yes. And we, we also have sort of a loose, very loose theme for the music we're going to play. And I think we sort of enjoy brainstorming about, like, themes for the music we're going to play for the day. So we're actually going to play songs from all the bands who have already canceled their tours in March and April that we were supposed to go see. Yeah, all those ones that we were boasting about for the last yeah, two months. Yeah, the ones we were just literally crowing about. Yep. It's as if the god of punk looked down at us and said, ah, I'll show you, and squashed all our hopes and dreams. Yeah, ain't and then, the truth. you know, now we can't even leave the house in general. So why don't we play a song before we get into 
our alternatives to going to shows, which is kind of what the show is going to be about today. So who's turn? You want me to do one? Or why don't I, why don't yeah, I do one first? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the isolate. Yeah, the Joy Division one was kind of mine. So so you pick one. so the first show that we were supposed to see was actually last night. So we were supposed to be waking waking up today in Indiana, hungover, and here yeah, we are. Yeah, that's right. They're and lovely. here I am in my normal pillow fortress of solitude. And yeah, in lovely Logan Sports, Indiana, we were supposed totally to be right. Clear headed, and. Uh, so the so the queers we were supposed to see last night they ended up having to cancel their whole tour so let's do a let's do a queer song let's do a a real uh, popular one we will do we're gonna do punk rock girls so here is the queers this is from don't back down you said right I yeah don't remember. back down yep I have all the albums but I've listened to them so many times that they cut the songs kind of blur so yeah this is queers from don't back down which is kind of a the whole album has sort of got like a Brian Wilson influence to it great punk rock record though kind of Ramones meet Beach Boys but anyway yeah this is uh, the queers doing uh, punk rock girls. Leather jacket, stupid boyfriends, worried poor guys, life is just a ball. High top tracks and bubble gum, and oh my gosh, I'd love, love, love them all. There's a clue the styles never crimped. Too much of everything, and everyone is amped. Well, don't get hot and bothered, listen, I know I got problems I know just what this goofy world needs Yummy, yummy, punk rock girls 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 I wish they were punk rock girls The smartest of the smartest and the sweetest of the sweetest and the most Dr. Frank and both decided that we love them for the toast I wish they'd let me share their bubble gum And let me hang with them and life would be so fun I should be sedated cause my heart is all inflated I guess I gotta get me one or two Yummy, yummy punk rock girls Yummy, yummy punk rock girls Yummy, yummy punk rock girls Yummy, yummy, punk rock girls I wish they were punk rock girls I don't know where I'm going But I know just where I'd like to be With my punk rock girl break Punk rock girls by the queers. Yep, very oh, yummy, 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 yummy. Punk rock girls. Um, very, very surfy influence to that. Yeah, Beach Boys kind of influence to that whole album. It's a they, great, they, great album. They did an album later, like in maybe like two thousand eight or two thousand six or something. When I say they, I mean him, Joe Queer, Joe King. Um, called um, 
Monkey Brain. Okay. Monkey Brains or something like that. And it was, boy, it was such a Brian Wilson influence album. You, you'd love it. I mean, it's really, really great. Barely even a punk rock record album, actually, because Joe was so good at writing like the classic style pop songs. Who were some of the other guys? Who were some of the other guys from the Beach Boys? Because I, I, I read. Well, of course, your hero, Mike Love. Mike Love. I think it, maybe it was him. But one of, the, one of them, anyway. One of them. Is he still alive or is he dead? Yes. I mean, he's, I think he's like the only real legitimate Beach Boy in the Beach Boys now. Okay. Because one of them did a solo record last year. And uh, the last. It was Brian Wilson, wasn't it? I, I'm not. I don't think it was Brian Wilson, though, because the last. Where I'm going with this, the last track on the album was them covering. Oh, Rockaway Beach. Rockaway Beach, yeah. yeah that which was, is. That which was Mike Love. That was Mike Love. Oh, it was Mike Love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awful, wasn't it? Yeah, but I just thought I just thought it was funny, you know, the Ramones doing a Beach Boys ripoff, and then one of the Beach Boys actually covering the well, Ramones Beach Boys. Didn't rip-off. like Marky play drums on it or something? It oh, had some. That's it. Well, it, yeah, it had something, some connection, like Ramones connection. Yeah, a lot of people. Mike Love is a much maligned character in the Beach Boys legacy. You know, most people don't love the band after he kind of became the the captain of the ship. So I don't know. You know, I my my parents were not big rock and rollers, but my mom did listen to some sixties rock and roll but definitely more like the wholesome style not the hippie you know yeah stuff. yeah 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 so my mom was a beach boys fan so definitely the beach boys were one of my very early early influences and matter of fact the very first concert i ever saw was the beach boys i was like 12 years old with my mom oh that's interesting that yeah, yeah. that's that's actually pretty cool i mean like this... i said we were not a rock and roll household by any stretch of imagination i mean this, but this... so my mother who's you know 66 or whatever she uh doesn't hate the remotes well, that's good. Well, there's nothing yeah. much to hate about the Ramones. I mean, I think she could see a little bit of the continuity between, you know, ultimately Ramones were a rock and roll band that had some continuity from the, you know, 60s. They, oh, they definitely. They loved both bands. So. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm sure we, we may or may not talk more about this later. So let's, uh, we won't get too deep into the Ramones right now, right? Uh, I, exactly. I yes. hours on end. Yep. So, yeah. so one of the alternatives that's been going on for, you know, since there's been no live shows, and I think we did touch on this a little bit earlier, our last show. But these bands are doing live streams of, like, the the Dropkick Murphys was probably the most prominent one. And I think they did it from, like, the arena that they were supposed to do their St. Patrick's Day show from. Yeah, so they I, had big production, smoke and it's lights the, and stuff. It's the, dude, it's the, it's the weirdest thing, right? And actually, I don't think you talked about it on this show. I think you talked about it on the other podcast you oh do. Oh, my gosh. Um, embarrassing. But, embarrassing. yeah. But... What they're doing, if you don't understand, if if people don't understand yeah. out there, so they're doing like in in lieu of playing a concert in front of people, they are playing like a, and I say they, this could be any band, right? They're playing like a concert either in the in the um practice space or the Tropic Murphys actually did it in the theater they were supposed to appear on. I and, think it was uh, like a hockey rink. Yeah, something. I, um, but they're doing it with no fans, so they're filming it and uh, filming a full concert, but there's no fans in the audience. So um, it seems like a strange uh, concept, and to tell you the truth, it kind of is. Now, yeah, the most famous one, like Tom said, was the Dropkick Murphys show on St. Patrick's and it was Day on or St. whatever. Patrick, yeah, yeah. That's so that's big. because I mean, they're... they usually sell out, like, you know, it might have been like House of Blues, but they usually sell out, like, ten shows in a row right? in Boston around St. Patrick's Day. Now... I have to say, what did you think of it? Because it was funny. I was watching it, and you know, as you're watching it on in YouTube, and it's got that live stream of comments and stuff on the right. And like, okay, I ev- was watching it. I was watching it on my television. I, d- I didn't have that. Everybody, every I didn't see that. Everybody seemed to be loving it. So I was like, "What 
is going on here that I well, don't it could get. Be that maybe Dropkick Murphys fans aren't that discriminating. I I guess so. So so what did you think of that nonsense? Okay, um, I I don't for you know the thing with me going to a show. You know, I'm a guy who works hard, takes care of my family. Pretty typical, you know, semi-skilled blue collar kind of guy. So for me, going to a show is not about only listening to music or only, you know, it's about mixing it up with the crowd. It's about having a few beers. It's about seeing friends that I only get to see when I go to these shows, hanging out with a couple of specific buddies or whatever. So without that element, I'm not that interested in it. And watching music on my phone anyway, you know, I'm not a big streamer. I know I'm the young, younger guy of this crew, but I'm not that (laughs) into listening to music that way. It's just not my thing, you know? Um, and if we're being honest, the Dropkick Murphys thing, I thought, you know, I, I especially bothered by the fact that Ken doesn't play bass anymore, and I know I shouldn't be. It's he's got a back issue or whatever. But they essentially have two lead singers now, like a boy band, and they both sound <laughs> bad. Funny. Yeah, didn't you think? I mean, I thought the vocals were pretty bad, if we're being honest. And I don't hate the Dropkick Murphys, and I watched that for like an hour. And for me, because I've been listening to the band for so long, I pretty much know all their songs, so it's sort of a and I've seen them 10 times plus or whatever. So I, it's one of those things where it's just a matter of which I'm more interested in the songs they play almost than, than anything else. But yeah, I didn't think they sounded all that good. The singing. Yeah. I thought the whole thing was terrible. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I, musically too. Yeah. Because plus the, you probably didn't like the song selection at all, which I wasn't that thrilled with either for being honest. Uh, no. And, but the thing that turned me off the most was I couldn't tell, was I watching the punk rock band or was I watching Van Halen? Because that's what it reminded me of. I could have been watching fucking Spinal Tap. Now, why do you say that? I, I, I guess I, I don't. I don't get that. Why you? Why you would say that about it? It seemed pretty stripped down to me. It wasn't like they were stripped down. There was like smoke and dry ice, dry ice well, and shit. Yeah, they had a light show. Production. It wasn't like the drum set was spinning around. They were shooting lasers. No, it was. Okay. I mean, you've been to a big punk show lately? <laughs> was, no, actually, I guess I haven't. Thank God. Cause well, if, I'm trying to think because you know we went to. Of course, we you couldn't go because you you. You were all busted up, but we went to that, like, the damned at House of Blues. And, I mean, there's lights, and there's a little bit of production. It wasn't like it was over the top. No, uh, Dude, you go see the addicts. They, like, shoot, like, have confetti cannons. Yeah, but, no, but that's different. No, that's not what I'm talking about. It just seemed pompous and pretentious. It's like the guy, the guitarist steps forward and does his little solo, then he steps back, and then the bagpipe guy steps forward and does his little thing. It, it just, everything about it rubbed me wrong. For supposedly really? for, see, for I didn't street get, punk see, band, I, I didn't get that impression. I just didn't think they sounded that great. Well, the vocals, and, are, the vocals aren't good. Um, they have to decide I, and, on one or the other. Is in my and I, my you know opinion. what's funny because I, 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 I'm, I, so I do a lot of hating on Dropkick Murphys, and and I, I, and I don't hate the band. I really don't. As a matter of fact, I kind of feel it's like it's one of those situations like, like you have a brother, I have a brother, right? Yep. I rag on my brother all the time. And we fight, and we have disagreements. But, like, if a stranger comes along and starts ragging on my brother, I'll probably punch him in the nose. <laughs> and well, yeah. I think that I feel that same sort of loyalty sort of to the Dropkick Murphys. Why? Like, I, Why do I you feel crit- that kind of loyalty to the Dropkick criti- Murphys? I can criticize them because I was such a big fan for so many years. Like Danzig. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not, I'm coming from a place of love, but I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to hold on to that place of love. Yeah, I like don't know, Danzig, man. I make fun of the fact that he's basically a cartoon heavy metal band at this point, but it's only because I love the first four albums so much, you know. Well, here's what it, here's where I'm coming from. So maybe the only big punk rock show I've been to over the last few years was the Dropkick Murphys. I saw them in Chicago, St. Patrick's Day, like three years ago, at? and it was at the theater. Yeah, it's one of the big theaters. Okay. And Tiger Army warmed up, which is actually the reason I went. 
Sure. So I went to Tiger Army. Loved that. Spend fifty bucks to see Tiger Army. And that well, and then well, I didn't know what I didn't know what uh, Dropkick Murphys were going to be like. Um, so that was that the first time you'd ever seen them? It was. I don't like wow. them that much. I like the first album. Wait, it's all right. Well, and you see, they say it's the last big punk show you've been to. But the fact of the matter is, you've been to Riot Fest and. You know, I mean, Morrissey's not really a punk guy, but you've seen Morrissey at some big outdoor theaters. I don't and stuff count. Like yeah, yeah, but what the Dropkick Murphys did that day put any of those other things to shame, because um, before the band came on, there was a video went on all the screens all over the thing about them getting ready like backstage and shit. And again, I'm thinking Van Halen. And, uh, then, and yeah, then when they come on, and then when they come on, they had risers and stuff that went up and down. There was it was I've never seen huh. anything like it at a punk show. I left after about a half hour. I have to admit, well, I, you know, I despise. The funny it. thing is, they keep playing bigger and bigger places. Like the place they play in Grand Rapids now is twenty five hundred, and this tour that's supposed to come through with Rancid, which I, I almost would bet is going to be canceled or postponed in May. They're playing at a small hockey rink. It yeah. holds five thousand people. No, I don't think they'll sell it out or anything, but there might be three, four thousand people there. Who knows? But they still let the crowd come up on stage for their encore. Hmm. So I got to kind of give them that. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't see this being, for me, this streaming thing is not a viable option or something that I really can get into. And I saw, so I don't know if you've been paying attention to the drama that is the Cro-Mags, but for years, John Joseph, the original singer, has had a band that was called the Cro-Mags. But Harley Flanagan, the bass player and the guy who sang on their second fantastic album, has finally got the name back, and he's starting to put out new music, and it's pretty good. I like the Cro-Mags. I don't know if it's too metal for you or if you like that band or not. But I've tried a few times. It is kind of too metal for me, but I can but, appre- I can appreciate what they do. I mean, they're New York-style hardcore, right? Yeah, yeah. They're not hardcore, you know, hardcore punk like we listen to in the Midwest. They're, you know, they're metallic, you right. know, hardcore. But they're, but I watched some of their live stream, and it was I was really impressed. I got to say, they I would love to go see them. They are really kicking ass, but... Once again, you got a bunch of guys jamming in this small stage, and it's just it's not it's not the same, you know. Right. I mean, you can appreciate the fact that wow, these guys are really tearing it up. But well, and, and those were the only two I saw where I really was invested in the music. I've seen a bunch of others. Uh, Punk News was doing a few to try to help some bands out, but I didn't know any of the music. So I'm sitting there watching Crazy in the Brains for a few minutes. And I'm like, man, I, I don't care about this at all. And and a lot of it ends up being not full band stuff. So it's like a punk band, but it ends up being a person or two sitting there with an acoustic guitar. And that's nice. kind of hit hit or yeah. miss to begin with, you yeah. know? Kiss, kiss of death right there. So you saw the Dropkick Murphys one. Have you seen any of the others or no? I haven't. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. don't like the whole concept, to tell you the truth. One of the things I enjoy about seeing a live band, much like you, it's the atmosphere, and it's yep. the it's the band bounces off the crowd, right? Whether it be yep. the talking or, or whatever it is. But the two... The heckling. Yeah, the heckling. Yeah. They, well, they, they bounce off each other, right? And that's yeah, part absolutely. of a live thing. Feed well, off the en- they feed off the energy. Yeah, I mean, otherwise... If you see a band that really tears it up and there's only like 10 people, you have ultimate respect, right? You're like, right. man, this band really doesn't care how many people Right, exactly, exactly. And you never know what's going to happen in a, in, a, in a live venue either. They'd fuck up one of the sure, songs, Sure, you might get a beer whatever. bottle crack over the back of your head or kicked right. in the face by a crowd surfer. Or who knows? Well, I was thinking more like the band might fuck up or they might throw... Oh. You know, you never know what they're going to do, so, right? So one of the things about the Draftkick Murphy shows is there's so many crowd surfers. And I remember, we you know, we don't try to get too close to the stage because we're old geezers, you know. And the crowd surfers would start from the back and you'd be getting kicked in the head. I'm like, I can't watch the stage, but I constantly have to be watching my back not to get kicked in the head by a stupid crowd surfer, you know. Well, that's another thing with Dropkick Murphys. They have such they're, a, just a regular, everyday yeah. Joe crowd. It's so fucking and annoying. And it's sort of, it's sort of like, I mean, you hate to really hold it against them, you know, because they are one of the handful of bands, punk bands that actually make a living playing punk rock. More or less. Punk rock, really? 
All right, fair enough. And let's not even get started on the whole plastic Irishman thing. Let's not even get I, let's not I even guess. get started there. Yeah. So so you this is not going to be your new thing. Huh? This is not not filling a need for you. No, this is that. No, I would much rather go to YouTube and watch like an old performance of some band actually playing live in front of people. You know, from like thirty years ago. Well, watch a documentary on a band. You know what I mean? I'd much rather yeah. do that than watch these fake. Go back and watch plastic... Top of the Pops that you remember watching yes. when you were like fourteen. <laughs> yeah, with all those embarrassing uh, embarrassing people in the audience like with and the stuff like that. Buzzcock standing there looking like nerds and yes. It's, yeah, it's funny. Everyone used to make fun of me, actually, because they knew I was a big Buzzcocks fan. And, like, the Jam fans, you know, when they played Top of the Pops, the Jam, um, Paul Weller would always look great. And whatever he was wearing, people in school would be wearing the next day or trying. But the Buzzcocks always came out and looked so fucking <laughs> nerdy is right. So everyone always make fun of me. But, you know, what are you going to do? It all is right. what so it is. Is that, all we, is that all we got on that topic? Well, I, actually, the one thing I was going to ask was, uh, so for the Crow Mags thing, so is is Harley Flanagan playing bass and singing, or is he just he singing these days? Yes, he yes. He's doing he's, both. He's playing bass and singing. Yeah. Okay, so who, who who who's in the rest of the band? Is it any of the original no members? Or no, I don't think so. No. Okay. But there was well the the last version with John Joseph singing had the original drummer, I think. Okay. So I actually don't know. I sh- I don't want to speak out of ignorance on that. I don't know if I mean I don't think like Paris may is playing guitar or anything. If that's I, I don't think there's any significant members, but they've gone through so many members. You could make up two or three bands, four or five bands maybe out of X members. You know. And are they doing? Are they doing like old new stuff, or do they, or do they do Age of Coral? No, stuff? they're not. They're, no, they're definitely doing Age of Coral stuff. Definitely doing the the. Um, the second Chromags album that Harley sang on was called Best Wishes, and that's actually almost. Not quite as good as Age of Coral, but almost as good. So I'm sure they'll do that heavy and, and Age of Coral stuff. And um, and they have put out two seven inches. Now, were two they, new set, two seven inches. Were they doing this because they were supposed to be touring or something like that and they had to cancel? Uh, I, I don't know, but I'm going to assume that's the case. Okay. And I would love to hear other people what they think about this. I mean, are you, are you, are, are, is anybody who's listening to this, are you watching these and, and throwing them a couple bucks? Oh, you were supposed because to. I, you were supposed to pay for these. Well, no, not necessarily, but I think that's kind of the hope. Is that hey, we can't tour. Maybe you, you could throw us a couple bucks, and you know, I, I, I listen. You and I have talked about this before on this show. I know we have about how if somebody's down their luck. We're more than happy to buy some records, buy a T-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To definitely to throw them a few bucks. And I don't know if this is our age because we didn't grow up with the whole crowdsourcing thing or what. But the idea of just throwing somebody money, I, I, I don't know. I'm not that comfortable with it. I'd rather I want something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 even happy to overpay for something to help you out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I want to have a record or or something. So. Right. So. Well, as of well, as of right now, we've got a bunch of uh, we've got a bunch of tickets that we paid for that. We're, yeah, exactly. So, and well, so we and helped bar, somebody. And <laughs> some of them I bought at like the box offices. And yeah. They're close. I don't even know how to get my money back. Right. I mean, I'm sure I will because the places they're from are very reputable places. I'm sure I'll be fine. But I was I was supposed to get. I know I haven't seen my now my subhumans tickets was was for St. Louis and they're going to instantly charge. You know, give back to my credit card and I've been watching. I haven't seen it yet. So hmm. I'm I'm watching my credit card constantly for return charges of things I was supposed to do that are canceled. So. Yeah, the RBO wants to be a big chunk of dough. I haven't even looked at mine yet to see how I get my money back because I haven't seen any mention of that, actually. Um, I got an email about the Subhumans one. That was the only one I've heard. But the other thing is what these things love to do, like Sloppy Seconds, <sighs> they're planning to reschedule. Ivy, I'm sorry. The cat just jumped on my lap. <laughs> Ivy, what are you doing? 
Get down. Sick balls, Ivy. Sick balls. Damn straight. Jesus. Um. So yeah. So so I don't know. So like the sloppy seconds one, they're talking about rescheduling. So I, they're not gonna refund until you're. You know, if you can't make the new date, then you're gonna have to reach out for a refund. Right. Yeah. Which is fine. I hope Makes they sense. all reschedule. Yeah, yeah. I hope they all reschedule. Yeah. Then they'll all be overlapping each other in October or September or something like that. Which so, is fine. So, in that in that in that uh, spirit, why don't we play? So, why don't you play another? show that got canceled that we're going to be able to go see. Yep, so on April 11th, I was supposed to go see Teenage Bottle Rocket with Tightwire and Brendan Kelly of the Lawrence Arms at mm-hmm. uh, Chop Shop. So, um, because we can't go and see that, I am going to play a track from the uh, last Teenage Bottle Rocket album, the newest one. Uh, Which is called... Was it Get Rad or Stay Rad? One of those things. Something rad. Stay Rad? Yeah, I think it was Stay Rad. Yeah, uh, from last year, right? So from um, I am gonna play "You Don't Get the Joke," which is the first track on uh, on that last album from Teenage Bottle Rocket. Teenage Bottle Rocket there with You Don't Get the Joke. Um, it's a it's a good album. I mean, all of Teenage Bottle Rocket stuff is uh, is solid, right? Um, it's not my favorite album of theirs, but it's uh, it's still good. They are still very uh, consistent in that they they know what they're good at and they just kind of yep. stay there, you know? Like, exactly, and they're always fantastic live. They put a shit ton of effort into their live. Yeah, they're fun. The they're show. fun band. You know, they're yeah. they're a Ramon style band and. And they're, yeah, they're a lot of fun. They're sort of, I don't know how long they've been around now, 15 years or something probably, but it's like, they seem like, to me, they seem like still a newer band, but the fact of the matter is they're like a foundational pop punk band at this point, right? I yeah. Mean, they're that, like a, yeah, like, like that, a standard. 
Yeah, like them and the Mast Intruder. I always kind yeah. of I've combined but them even together. more so the Mast Intruder, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, what was this last album? Maybe their eighth or something. I mean, they got quite a few albums out. They do. They have a lot of albums out, and they all have the same album art right on the front. Yeah, so it's just I a different, know. just a different uh, color sleeve, but it's the same. Uh, no, they're seven inches. They will books. do like full color pictures and stuff, but yeah, I, I haven't I haven't got a lot of their seven inches actually. No, I don't and, either. Yeah. I have every album except for the newest one, which I just haven't got around to yet. You know, I'm waiting for like during these like weird times we're in right now, a lot of labels and stuff will start running a bunch of sales and stuff. All right. So when they do, I'll buy a bunch of crap I don't need. So I'm waiting for Fat Rec to throw me because they've done like 10% off sales and 20% off sales before and stuff. So I'm waiting for that because I want to get the face to face reissues too on vinyl. So. So you think they'll do that? You, you think you think they'll start to? Uh, they've done that. They've done stuff? it before. I don't know how often they've done it, but I know Fat's done like twenty percent off everything. Okay, interesting. So I mean, I'm, I mean, their price honestly for Fat's prices are very fair. I think they're about fifteen bucks for an LP. Normal. That's good. That's. I mean, really, they're definitely really good. a good label to mail order from. Yeah. So okay, so what so what we decided to do today, since all our shows are canceled, and Neil and I have been talking about this because neither of us are super into it, but we're gonna make some recommendations for our favorite live albums. Yes, to live help albums hold you over until the shows start back up. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, where do you stand on live albums? Because personally, I've never been a fan particularly. I know, I know, um, John from the uh, Punk News podcast loves live albums, yes. but I have never been able to get into them. To me, they're normally just a, an inferior uh, mix of of the actual regular albums. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and and well, especially in punk rock, where a lot of these guys, let's face it, were not exactly super super skilled musicians. So they're maybe not that good at replicating. Not that you need to replicate the exact sound of a record on a live show, but they just weren't as good. And a lot of times, what what were I mean? The seventies live albums were super popular, but I think it was what uh, contractual obligation thing, like. Like, well, yeah. well, we have to make four records and we only got three. So, and back in those days, it was like, we owe them four records in three years, you know? Oh, exactly. Yeah. So they so normally do. So we have to crank out, so we'll crank out a live album or a crappy compilation, you know, greatest hits kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. They do. So like... there's a few over the years that have been, you know, have been, had a lot of foresight and really seemed like a real piece of art. But for the most part, yeah, I, I agree. I never thought the live album to be much of a. Occasionally, it could be a good document, but it was rarely like its own piece of art that deserved as much attention as a studio record, I never thought. Right, but when we actually started looking into this, when we started doing prep for this show, um, I was actually surprised, uh, listening back to some of them, how good some of them were. And it's probably whew, it's just a testament to how good some of the band's recordings were, um, you know, how good the, uh, the regular albums were. So the you know the live representations of them were really good too, and some of the you know and these will be some of the better bands as well, some of the ones who could actually play. I mean, when I look at my list, it's like <laughs> bands, it's like bands who had this shit nailed, right? Absolutely nailed down. So uh, anyway, do you want to do you want to? So go we're gonna first? do so. We're, so what? We're each gonna do our top five, right? Top five, right? Now, yeah, and then uh, yeah, we'll go from number five down to number one. And so, so you want you want to give your five? Or you want me to start? Uh, well, you Let me you pull up my list here. You, yeah, you do your number five, and then I'll do my number five. Okay, so my number five is actually going to be a tribute to my heavy metal roots growing up. I've admitted freely before, I am I am almost 47, and when I was a kid, hair metal ruled the world. But it wasn't always just hair metal I was into. There was some other stuff that were like seemed cooler and more serious. So I'd say the first live album, I had a bunch of them. Like, like Scorpions Worldwide Live was a favorite of mine. And when I'm going through this list, I'm like trying to pick my, my favorite live albums. It's... 
I have to include this because this was such a huge record. I think it came out in the mid-80s. Don't exactly ask me what year, but it's uh, Iron Maiden's Live After Death album. Oh, okay. Interesting choice. Just a Stone Cold classic double live album. And, you know, Iron Maiden didn't quit making records after this. They kept more and more. But this is such a testament of their classic, maybe, like, first five records or something. Now, so, I th- yeah. So th- and this is my only non-punk entry into the list. So it's sort of symbolic of my youth. But also, I think it really is a fantastic no, double is, live album. Is that something you still pull out from time to time? Um... <laughs> Okay, well, that, that, not that's really. That's a no, I guess. <laughs> that's a no. Well, I, you know but what? The fact matter is, you know, I don't listen to live albums a ton. Yeah, I get that. Anyway. I get that. Yeah, yeah. See, I, Matter of fact, when I get to number two, number one and number two are, well, no, that's not true. The other four, I actually have all listened, listened to all of them relatively recently. So, so yeah, this is probably the one I'm least likely to listen to. It's like I said, it's almost like symbolic of my of my youth, but I really do think it's a great album. Now I am going to listen to it. See, when you said metal, I, I, I was thinking you were going to go Motorhead, No Sleep Till Hammersmith or whatever it was called, right? You know, that's, I don't have that. Oh, you don't? Oh, that's where I thought you were going to go. But now no, that, no, no. But now that I, you've I, said that, um, I was actually thinking, shit, I could have done Thin Lizzy Live and Dangerous then, because that is an excellent go. live album. Uh, but I, I kept mine so, all, all So yeah, rock. I don't want to give a ton more background on this, because I'm not, I don't pretend to be super, super, uh, but I just this was a one of those huge albums, like a cheap trick at Budokan almost I think it almost was yeah. bigger than their studio albums to that point. Well almost. oh okay, well let me add, did you go see them live? I assume you did. I did, but it was much later. Okay. All right. I mean I, I'm guessing this came out in about eighty five. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent, but that would be my guess. Okay. I was I was struggling with my <laughs> I, I had three number that, five. I had yeah. three chosen right off the bat. Okay. And and then there was one obvious one that I don't know why I kept, why it didn't jump out at me sooner. So at that fifth spot, I was kind of, you know, I, I was actually considering the Dead Boys, Night of the Living Dead Boys, because I love that album. Yep. Recorded the CBGBs. Once again, was one of those contractual obligation albums. The band was barely together at the time, but my I read a little history about it, and the vocals were recorded later in the studio. Oh, didn't know that. So I was sort of, so I'm like, all right, I'm not going to put that on there, because what it was I get... They had to make this record, but they weren't participating. So, so um, Stiv was singing off mic, <laughs> like just to be a jerk. So there was no vocals on it. So he re-recorded them later. But anyway, I love that album. I had I had a CD. I had never had it on vinyl, but actually my copy was really scratched, so I threw it out. So I actually don't have it at the moment. But okay. I think that was actually the first Dead Boys thing I ever had. The interesting thing about that album is. Uh... It has a track that was in, that they never recorded anywhere yeah, else, the first right? Song. Detention yep. Home, fantastic yep. song, absolutely fantastic song. So I might actually try to dig that up on vinyl. It was on Bomp Records. Yeah, on Bomp. Yeah, I, I man, it took me forever to find that back in the back in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. It was next to impossible to find Dead Boy stuff in England, but I did manage to find all three of their albums. Um, hmm. including the live one, of course. It's funny. You look at their albums now because they had the two studio albums. I mean, that's the, the two genuine albums. Yep. And then they have, but there's so much now. Yeah, there's so many live albums have been released. Re-recorded post. albums, yeah. live albums. Yeah, but uh, but back in the day, yeah, Night of the Living Dead Boys was an original Dead Boys album. I mean, that was, uh, you know, that was official back in the day. So, hmm. um, Yeah, 1980, I'm sorry. Yeah, Live After Death came out in 1985. Okay. Um, that's, it was recorded at Long Beach Arena in California. And Hammersmith Odeon, London. Oh, you're so going, you going back shows. to what? You're going back to Iron Maiden now. I'm going back to Iron Maiden. Yeah. Damn, you just jumped around. I was thinking a Dead Boys album called. No, that. I, I don't remember I think that. that. Seventy nine. Yeah, can't remember. Yeah, um, the band was pretty much, you know, famously they were so unhappy with the second album that it sort of 
ruined them and they were never the same after them, which is a shame because in hindsight it's a it's a damn good record. But. It is, yeah. So uh, yeah, 1985, Iron Maiden, Live After Death. That's my number five. What's your number five, Neil? My number five. See, all all of my rec- all of mine are going back because I don't buy live albums. So, but back in the day, I used to, right? So, my number five is um, Buzzcocks, uh, and the album is called French. And, really? Never yep. Heard it. It's um. It's 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 a really good mix. Um, it came out. It was recorded. I'm sorry, in '95. So uh, they split. Really? They split in '80. Uh, what did they, they split in '80 after the third album? A different kind of tension. And then they got the original band got back together in '89, and um, and then they recorded uh, their fourth album, Trade Test Transmissions, in '92 or '93. So. This uh, Buzzcocks French album is recorded in France, obviously, and uh, in '95. So it's a really good mix of the first three classic albums and singles, and also they do like five or six songs and B sides off of Trade Test Transmissions, the fourth album. And um, so it's a it's a really interesting mix, and the Trade Test Transmissions uh, uh, songs actually stand up just as well as any of their other songs do. It, I mean, it's a testament oh. to how strong the material was. The funny thing is, they probably seemed old at the time. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. But, yeah. But in hindsight, now it's like, oh, they were like forty, you know? Yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah. And and the other funny thing about that is, I'm gonna guess that that's the newest one on your list. Uh. Ninety-five, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it is. I mean, I was—I'm shocked. I figured like eighty-one. Or yeah. No, <laughs> the reason I and the reason I like that one because there are a million live Buzzcocks records, um, just like Dead Boys or whatever, right? That have all come out like yeah, in the la- oh, in the yeah. last five or ten years. But this one I really Gotta like. Have because, a new one every year for Record Store Day, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but and and they normally all came out around about seventy-nine. I mean, from seventy-nine concerts. But the reason I like this one again, like I say, is because it's got a really good mix of all the first first four studio albums including mm-hmm. trade test transmissions which a lot of people don't know and some other b-sides and stuff so um all, all those songs that i love from singles going steady even though i'm yep. a heathen for having that album exactly and they even do a they even do a track off of spiral scratch which is good so to do mm. break to do oh they actually do boredom as well to so do do two tracks off of that um i think it's like 20 songs on it it's pretty long mm. and the the band is super energized and one of the things I'd forgotten... Yeah, they hadn't started hating each other again yet because they'd only been back together for a year, right? Right. Um, well, for like five years, but yeah. Oh, was it that long? And, and they, they shout out... They shout out... I, I'd forgotten. They, they shout out the name of the songs before they go into them, so that's kind of cool too. And there's a lot of interesting like stage talk and stuff like that. It's just a really good live album, and it just shows... <laughs> if, if you never saw the Buzzcocks, if you were never lucky enough to see the kind of classic lineup or the second yes, lineup which, which was I actually wasn't yes. which is like, well actually i was of the age at that point but i was not into them in, in the 90s if we're being honest right or mid 90s but this is a really good representation of how good they were live because mm. t- towards the end um they started doing like over the last five years or so they started doing like what the ramones did they started playing all the songs much much too fast mm. which you know causes them to and lose voices some of their... voices tend to lose a little bit of yep. their nuance as they get yeah. older yeah, but this album, French, is uh, it, it's them at the peak of their powers. I would say it's really, really good. So, so should we go? To, why don't we do our fourth choice and then we'll go to play a song? Yeah, yeah. Why should we do that? Yep. Okay, so my fourth choice is actually one that we've talked about quite a bit on the show. It's the Sloppy Seconds Live No Time for Tuning album. 
that we actually had BA on and talked about it, and we talked a little bit about it with Matt. It's from 95, Neil. Yep, 95. Wow. Uh, recorded live in Indianapolis wow. in their hometown. It's also mm-hmm. got about 20 songs on it, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. It just it captures a band having fun in front of their hometown crowd and was originally self-released by the band on CD only, and just this year... This year, yeah, this year, 2020, was uh, re-released by our buddies at uh, Failure Records and Tapes. So, this is one that you can actually still get your uh, mitts on. So, yeah, it's a good plug all the way around there because it's yeah, uh, it is, and yeah. it's it, it, it's a it's a fun album. I mean, it is it's it's not perfect. It's the way a punk. It is honestly what it's like to be down front at a punk rock show. Yeah, you know, there's no added levels of polish or BS to it, which I'm certainly not convinced that maybe the Iron, that Iron Maiden album that I talked about, which blew me away when I was 13 years old, 12 years old, I guess, didn't have some of that, you know, right. crowd made louder or maybe fix a mistake on the guitar. Vocal. And I don't know that for a fact. I'm not trying to malign Iron Maiden. They were very talented dudes, still are. But uh, this this feels like what it's like to be at a punk rock show. Yeah. So how many it, uh, how many tracks are on it? I assume it's I think a... twenty. I think twenty or twenty one. I don't know. I don't have wow. it pulled up. Yeah. But and... yeah, you know they're all they're all two minutes long. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not Led Zeppelin live. Or something. Right. No, no. It's not. Yeah. The song remains the same. Yeah. Where the guitar player pulls out a violin bow and plays a <laughs> solo for like twenty minutes. Right? And it's like a thirty five minute drum solo. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 drum solo. <laughs> a little bit of between song banner. You know, it's just it's it's fun. Is it a good representation of all the studio albums? Um, well, it was at, it was recorded after they've only got four full length studio albums and it was recorded after the first two. So the first two are real well represented and like the early singles. Okay. Like, you know, they did a couple of seven inch singles and stuff before that. So it was almost like, I think after that album, I think that was almost like the breaking point where their set list started to change after that. So I think it's kind of a good capture of their early early years you know their first decade or whatever that's it's that same thing with iron maiden they put out some good stuff after live after death but that was their prime material if you went and saw them even today that's still the stuff you'd want to hear you know okay first first five albums or whatever it was run for the hills like 16 times yeah yeah you know number of the beast peace of mind uh you know killers and self-titled and maybe one more that i can't think of power slave maybe or something like Mm -hmm. that okay anything else to say about it no, not really, because we, we've we've talked about it extensively, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, right. but, but anyway, and and I that is one that I I it's obviously been on my mind lately because I've been listening to it quite a bit because we've been talking about it. Um, so yeah, no, that one that one that one's cool. So, what about you? What's number four? <laughs> number four for me, and I had fun with this today, boy. Um, <laughs> Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. Mm, what's the name of that? Um, I was torn. Right, they have the live at Max's Kansas City. Um, okay. album which is fantastic that's a classic okay. but uh i actually went with a lesser known one um mm. it's called dtk down to kill um live at the speakeasy and it was recorded in london in mm. uh, march of 1977 is this like a widely known album uh not really no it was it was it came out i think in like 81 82 um, when like Johnny Thunder started to have, he released a couple of solo records and stuff mm. like that. So you're and, picking, so, so I'm, I'm going to say that the Buzzcocks album is the same thing, not necessarily a widely right. 
You're picking, you're going obscure. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I mean you're I, loud. I've definitely stayed mainstream, and I kind of made that a, a, a conscious decision. Well, I think that Sloppy Seconds album, and, well, I got one more that's a little more obscure, but no, but I mean, that's fine. It's interesting. I'm just... Well, I was, I was like I said, I was going to go with the one that is more widely available, which is Alive at Max's Kansas City, but okay. um, that one is, um, I mean, the beautiful thing about the Heartbreakers is, I mean, Johnny Thunders was probably stoned on heroin, right, and out of his sure. mind, but fucking hell could they play. They were so yeah, he was, good he was and a, he so He was an tight. old school like musician where he could actually play. Yeah. He wasn't a punk rocker first. He sort of adapted to it. And and that's what, so this was seventy seven in London where it, you know everybody else pistols you know everybody else you know you couldn't play and nobody cared but the Heartbreakers clearly can play and yeah. um but the the reason I chose this over the Max the live at Max's Kansas City is just because Johnny is so angry with the crowd and yeah. this has got all the ad libs and all the yelling at the crowd throughout it um like after <laughs> after after the first song they do i think it's chinese rocks is the first song or something like that and uh he's like why don't you fucking kids dance what the fuck you doing here you just come around here to stand around and look funny <laughs> and then he calls them like boring motherfuckers and stuff and uh it, it's amazing it is amazing huh. and then some girl um Right up your alley, old man yelling at kids. Some some, some girl heckles, heckles him from the crowd, which he doesn't like. So they go into, uh, you know, the song Can't, Can't Keep My Eyes on You. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. So instead he changes it. He goes for the girl. He's, Can't Keep My Cock in You. <laughs> it's, 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 it's brilliant. So that's why I chose that one over the uh, live at uh, Max's Kansas City. Mm. But, um I mean, that that's a, that's a great live album, too. But this one, just for the in the uh, between song uh, banter and stuff is uh, absolutely <laughs> classic. So Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers live at the Speakeasy DTK, mm. it's called. Yeah. So love that one. All right, let's do another song then. Another, yep. and this will actually dovetail into what we've been talking about because Sloppy Seconds has postponed their tour. They're not calling it a cancel. I, they, the rumor around the campfire is they're trying to uh, reschedule in June. Which honestly, I hope June's not too soon because I wonder, you know, who knows how long this craziness is going to last, right? Right. right yeah. We're at the, we're, you know, we're not, March isn't over yet. So who who knows? No, we're only, just, that, we're only just starting with this. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I hate to say that. I hope but... is that it'll curtail after a couple of weeks and, and, <sighs> yeah. I... No, you're, you're right. I mean, I just hope, God, I hope we're not still doing this in August, Neil. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, as far as the, but I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We're gonna be so happy when the you know when they do lift this. We're just gonna go flood the bars and record stores and well, that's else, what right? that's what people are frightened of is that they're gonna and everyone's gonna think it's fixed and everyone's gonna flood immediately and then it's gonna come back again. So it might have to be phased in gradually, I would imagine. You know, but, but anyway, we'll see. Because we'll I was talking about I got a, I got a tattoo last week, but now they're closed the tattoo bars too. So we we salons are closed, tattoo yeah. bars are closed. Our women are gonna get homely, man. <laughs> the gray hair is gonna be coming out. No more fake fingernails yeah I, oh wow people are going to be angry at you for saying CSS that he said are. that tom said that not me I, all right I so we're gonna play anyway that. we're gonna play it i got really distracted here i was really yeah, just trying you to introduce the sloppy second song <laughs> so we're gonna do one from actually their newest album which came out in 2010 i think 209 2029 maybe Jeez, that's crazy 2009 yeah anyway it was that almost called uh endless bummer so i'm gonna do one of my favorite tracks from that album we played uh, Can't Kill Joey Ramone before, which is definitely one of my favorites. So let's do uh, DIY Till I Die. Play that piece of shit! <laughs>
Okay, sloppy seconds there with DIY till I die. That is a great song. I will give you that. It well, it's it's a great album. I mean, that was the one that you first. I I hadn't really heard of sloppy seconds until we'd uh, we started hanging out. So you introduced me to that album, and I absolutely love it. In fact, I just bought it. I bought it on green vinyl um, I saw a couple that, weeks man. ago. I'm, I yeah. was really holding out to buy it from them directly. Because they will have a different color, probably. Yeah. But I saw yours, and I'm pretty jealous. I got to admit. Yeah. So we'll see. That's a fun as hell album. Very offensive yeah. in lots of ways. Exactly. Uh, like 18 but... songs. It's just yep. all stupid. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Could... Yeah. So so okay. What are we up to now? Number three. You're number three. Number three. Live okay. albums. Okay. So this one is not super super popular either. Not quite as obscure as your, you know. <laughs> weird hard to find shows because this was still available from tang Records. so so the one that i actually still enjoy listening to is anti-heroes 1000 nights of chaos oh wow you, anti-heroes okay you you're familiar a little bit with anti-heroes right i am yeah i've got one of those when uh CDs, when our I think. boy todd evans was on the other day we played an anti-hero song i can't remember which one but i love the american pie album and that is the one that actually came out on tang i like all the records but they only did the two records for Tang. They did American Pie, and then they did the live album, 1,000 Nights of Chaos. And uh, that's one that I still listen to. I really I really like the record. It's got, once again, about 20 songs or something recorded in the mid-'90s. Um, great fun. Great band, man. I love that. Just, just great band, yeah. That's that's all I got to say about that. I never got to see him play live, so, so this is as close as it got for me. So when for the live album, is it is there lots of talk in between songs? Is it yeah, uh, definitely a little bit of introduction to the songs, a little bit of explanation to the song, you know, a little bit mm. of that kind of stuff. Did you ever get to and see him? I never did. So no, this is it. This is the closest thing. Okay. And so are, that, are they so still I going? Just, no, they quit. No, I okay. think around two thousand, early two thousands. Right. Hmm. I probably could have seen them. I mean, they were definitely active when I was active, but. It was one of those things, you know, they never came to Grand Rapids. It probably would have been Detroit, and I would have had to know about it, you know. And it was, you know, we all read the trade papers and all that stuff back in those days, trying to keep track of that stuff, but it wasn't – I don't even know if they were on my radar, to be honest. Yeah. I don't even know – I might have not even heard them until, like, I used to listen to Marky Ramone's Punk Rock, Punk Rock Blitzkrieg, which I don't even know if that's still around anymore. But he used to do a show on Faction on satellite radio, and he used to play some punk rock songs. I think, wonder if that's where I heard it. The the song I heard first was definitely Fuck Hollywood. I don't know if you know that song, but it's a great great song. Um, and I bought that album, and I I've, I've been a huge fan of that band ever since. So they've always unfortunately kind of been associated with like the racist skinhead kind of crowd. I don't know if that's fair or if they. I don't. I'm not saying they encouraged it or anything, but I know they've always sort of been associated with that. So well, didn't they do a didn't they do a screwdriver cover? I don't think pretty, so. Pretty sure they did. I don't think they did a screwdriver cover. So what you know what you know what they did do a cover of was the oh I can't Patty they did the Patty Smith song I'm a rock and roll nigger. Um if you know that song. No, I know what I'm thinking of. They did they did um you know the uh, original screwdriver uh, the first single antisocial. Mm. So did they, they did cover a, that? they did a cover of that called I'm an anti-hero. Oh which, really? So was yeah. that the first is that the when they were like before they were a racist band, like Screw, when they were just a punk band, when Screw Screwdriver, was just, yeah, like, a punk band? yeah, yeah, that, okay. yeah, that was their that was their so, first single on uh, Chiswick in like seventy seven. Actually, kind of to clear to clear this up. So Patty Smith, obviously not not a racist person, very very liberal person, but did this song. I don't know what year that came out in the seventies, right? Um, yeah, that would have been probably your, shit. Seventy five, seventy six. When we had when we had Todd Evans on, he referenced that song. Yeah. 
But he used that word, and I'm sure that's the first time I've ever used this word on the show, and I hope nobody takes great offense to it. I'm using it in the context of the song, obviously. But I'm like, oh, I hope people don't only half understand what Todd Evans was saying there because he was referencing that song when we were talking about antiheroes. So. Right. Anyway, anyway, it, it's it's a great song, and Patti Smith's version is much different than the Antiheroes version, obviously, because the Antiheroes version is like a punk oi version. And like I said, I don't know, I, I don't know that they did anything to deserve that kind of skinhead following. I don't, I don't really want to say. I don't even want to get involved with the politics of it. I just really like that American Pie album. Well, you can never, really you, like can, you, you can never tell what skinheads are going to lat- latch onto, right? Pretty I mean... much, yeah, because the skinheads used to follow DRI around like crazy, and DRI was not into their ideology at all. Well, and, and then they did that. I mean, they did it with Sham sixty nine. Uh, they they actually put Sham sixty nine out of out of out of business, out of commission, basically. Yeah. Um, well, and and the thing is too, you know, it's uh, there was like there was never a huge like Nazi skinhead contingency around the Grand Rapids area. There were some sharps and stuff. You know what I mean? The, skinhead is not something that's automatically associated with Nazis. I mean, I'm afraid the oh, general public might do that, but it shouldn't be, right? It's 100%. Not, not no, it shouldn't be, right. I mean, in fact, it, it comes from just the opposite. You know, from the late 60s and stuff, it was just the opposite. It was... Yeah, black, most of those guys were into, and, like, two-tone and... Yep, you know, they were, yeah. Yeah, they were very... It was, yeah, and I don't know when it got co-opted by the... It was... That was probably, the like... Races? I don't know. That was, like, that was like, early 80s. Um, yeah, early, yeah, late 79, 80, 81, right? Um, I'm a little too young, unfortunately, to really, or fortunately, I should say, maybe unfortunately is not the right word, to have lived through that sort of nonsense. Like I said, there was always some around, Detroit especially, when we went over there for a show, there was always some racist skinheads around, but uh, I just honestly just did my best to steer clear. Yeah, probably was. I'm not like these guys on the internet now, like, oh, I'm going to punch me a Nazi. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah, two seconds. Yeah, easy to say. <laughs> so these you couldn't days even as well. punch yourself out. So yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah. All right. So but, that, was, that was your number. So yeah, three. yeah. So that is, anyway, it's a great, great album. It's got it's got a lot of stuff from American Pie. It's got stuff from their first. They they put out four studio albums in there. Okay. Cool. In their run. So. And they were from where? They're from Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Man, yeah. I, 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 I have that. a full house. I knew that. I have, I have a full house today, right? So my uh, my mom and dad came over for lunch, which is nice. And my uh, we're we're all we don't live all too far apart. My brother came over with his kids, who are quite a bit younger than my kids, and they're playing like Nintendo Switch. I can just hear them down there screaming and howling, playing Mario Smash Bros. Well, we can't. I I can't pick it up at all, so that's good. No, yeah, that's let right. Him, well, let I mean, my fun. Pillow solid. Fortress, baby. Exactly. Pillow Fortress. But I can hear them down there just yelling, yeah. trying to kill each other on some Super Smash Bros. So my number three is um um it's. The Jam, uh, live. The album is called Live Jam. Now, the Jam. Is this had, like a big? Was this a big album? It was. Um, the Jam had a few live albums. Um, the first one that came out was called Dig the New Breed. But the mistake, okay. the mistake they made there was they lifted different songs from different shows throughout the history of the band. Ah, and like yeah, and it doesn't have because of that. It doesn't hold together at all. I mean, there might be some great individual performances, but it because it's not a show. It Just doesn't. The it doesn't. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. I think the best live albums are two shows tops. Yeah. So this one uh, was recorded in '82, I think, just after their fourth album, Sound Effects, had come out. I believe, judging by the look of the uh, the track list, Ivy, get off me, jeez. Um, 24 songs, absolutely yeah, Kat, classic. Cat doesn't want anything to do with you, like, <laughs> any time, right, except for when you got something going right, on. Right, right, and then she's digging her claws into my leg. Um, so this, okay, so 
background, I absolutely love the jam. They were my favorite live band of all time. My favorite live show of all time was the jam and the vapors in 79. Um, and this would have been 82. So this would have been a a few years after that. Um, I'm sorry, this would have been the sound effects was the fifth album. Got that wrong. So this would have been after the fifth album. So this is a perfect mix of the jam. So they were already kind of going like the Northern soul kind of direction at that point. Well, not quite live. They were still just super powerful. It was just the, it was just the three piece and, Mm. and they were doing their thing. And this is just a fantastic mix of them at the full height of their powers, man. It's, uh, they got singles on here. You got tracks from every album. Um, the energy from the crowd is just insane. It is just a fantastic, fantastic live album. So that's um, Live Jam from The Jam uh, from 82. Um, it, it, I'm sure it came out le- later than that, but uh, the album itself was recorded in 82. And hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's just a great, great live album. And like I say, that was the uh, my favorite live band of all time. I saw them five times, five or six times, I think. Hmm. Um, rabid, rabid crowd, um, lots of fights in the crowd too, which was always fun. Hmm. Um, but I might need to re- I might need to give them a little more of a chance. I I, I only really liked their like first couple albums worth of stuff. I never could get into them after that. Uh, that's um, that's funny because like they're everyone normally. I mean, says I can only best name like a handful of one. a handful of singles. Like what was their first? They had like a in the city. Like a in the city was the first single. Album. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, you're thinking of Snap. 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 Yeah. Yep, yep. That's a good. Like, yeah, that's I good. I only really that's like good. the first half of it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I mean, they do get a little. I don't know if Northern Soul is the right word, but yeah, they get a little more '60s influenced for sure towards the end. But uh, yeah, most people normally and go maybe with. Maybe I could appreciate it more now, because like as a kid, I'm like, oh, that's not a punk song anymore. You know, maybe I, yeah. maybe I isn't more of an an adult adult or a double adult or whatever I am triple adult triple adult well if you like if you like Swedehead I think you'll definitely like the uh, the Kings I like of that kind I like Swedehead in in bits and in bits and pieces you know it's something I can listen to once in a while I and mean, it's something I can listen to with the whole family you know I'm not gonna put on a Daglo abortions record for kids <laughs> yeah I gotcha yeah which yeah. is too bad well I'll we'll tell you we'll tell you what this might be the perfect int- introduction to that because the songs mm. the songs are played faster there's no studio nonsense going on with horns and stuff so uh, this live jam I'll might be the perfect introduction <laughs> for you uh, for that you know the energy from the crowd and stuff so <laughs> anyway that's that's my number three all right i'm gonna go to my number two then which i don't know if it's sort of predictable or not but it's funny that i didn't think of this right off the bat because it's one that i've listened to probably more than almost any others it's uh the classic misfits live album misfits evil live huh okay interesting and when choice. i was a kid i always thought oh it sounds so bad like audio wise but man i went back and re-listened to it, it actually doesn't sound that bad at all and uh, I think it captures the band before they get too metally and break up. And I just uh, I think it's I think it's a great album. It's got Henry Rollins joining uh, to sing "We Are One Thirty Eight, and oh. I think it originally might have been an EP, but it's always been an LP since more recent times. So yeah, Misfits Evil Live, classic classic punk live album, probably one of the best selling punk live albums of all time, I would think. So how many tracks are on it? Like a dozen. Wow, so that know. must have been sh- man, thirteen, maybe. Which that must 13. have been like thirteen minutes long or something. Yeah, it was like twenty-two minutes long or something. Yeah, it's not super long. Good lord, I don't even know. You, if uh, that are counts. you not? Are you not familiar with that album? Um, I'm I'm sure I've heard it, but I probably just discounted it because it's so damn short, you know. But yeah, no, it's 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 got. It was recorded live. And this is oh, obviously this, this this is obviously classic Misfits. This isn't Michael Graves yeah, or yeah, Misfits it's, it's or anything the, like that. The lineup would be 
Danzig singing, of course, Jerry only on bass, Doyle on guitar, and I'm not sure who the drummer was. Wow, but now I'm looking at this. It looks like it was recorded over a few different shows, which I actually didn't know at the time. Hmm. Huh, 12 songs. Last so, song is We Are 138 with Henry from Black Flag. <laughs> so, yeah. It, and it's heavily into their, definitely their mid-era stuff, like uh, Walk Among Us era stuff. So this but came it's out, got, of course, horror business, London Dungeon. You know, it's got some classic stuff on it. Astro Zombies, I assume. Yeah, Twenty Eyes, Night of the Living Dead, Astro Zombies, Horror Business, London Dungeon, Nike Go Go, Hate Breeders, Devil's Whorehouse, All Hell Breaks Loose, Horror Hotel. Boy, there's an old one. Yeah, right. Wolves Night Out, another old one, and We Are One Thirty Eight. Twelve oh. songs. And how's the how's the playing on it? Is it is it decent or is it good? Good lousy? and sloppy, raunchy, like you like. Yeah. All right. Originally released as a seven-song EP in 1982. Recorded November 20, 1981. Where was, so, it, rec- where was it recorded? I don't know. Let me see. Nothing Nothing. People. Nothing. listener enjoy more than me uh, going on Wikipedia while... Uh, oh, it doesn't say on the album? It, you, don't, you don't have it there or anything? No, I'm up in the Pillow Fortress of Solitude. Oh, of course you are. I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot you were, you but were I hanging love around. The, you? the classic album cover with the fiend kind of over them in their coffins. In the oh, coffins, so cool. yeah. <laughs> so cool. Uh, yeah, an evil live. 20, and... 23 minutes, 41 seconds. Now. There you go. And of course, that's a... Hey, pop- you always complain about albums that are too long. That's true. That's true. Well, you know what? That's a good balance, actually. It was two actually. different shows. November 20, 1981. December 17, 1981. In, what, Michigan or something? Or no, New York? I think one of them was at the Ritz. I can't oh, okay. See. Gotcha. All right. I don't know. That's Maybe okay. He's failing me. That, that, no, that, that's okay. Um, yeah, and sometimes short is better. And in fact, the, the my number two is short, too. Uh, yep, my... the Ritz in New York City and on Broadway in San Francisco. Oh, okay. All right. Are you done with that one, or? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, I, that's one. I think a lot of people are familiar with that, right? I think it was in the box set, like the Misfits box set and all that. I, even though I already had the album, so I never got the box set. But uh, you know, pretty pretty classic. I had a really beatable copy of it on vinyl, and I don't have any more. And I'll, oh, I don't know if I'll buy a new copy or not. I have it on CD, but I found with those Misfits albums, the vinyl reissue sounds so much better than the CDs. It's like they really didn't put any care into the mastering for the CDs. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, what's your number two, Neil? Watch, well, I just wanted to say, so Evil Live, you know, it spells the same backwards as it does forwards. Yes. And what is that called? Palindrome? Very good. Excellent. Look at that. People Yay. learning stuff from us. Yes, palindrome. I hope not. Yep. Try not to learn too much, kids. Yeah. Um, Fight the power. My number two. My number two is something I was listening to last night and just getting so excited because I hadn't heard this in so long. It is, but, um, but it must be said that you were drinking pretty heavily last night. Dude, you could be sober as a judge and love this album. It's the uh, 1980. Well, that's not true about that Misfits album. You need to have a few pints before you <laughs> <laughs> This is the uh, live album Hanks from Stiff Little Fingers. That ah. came out in, I believe it came out in 1980, or the, or the thing was recorded in 1980. Um, so after the first two albums, or three after albums the first, after the first two albums. So this okay. is, if Man, you, so probably not a bad track. Not a bad it. track on here. Um, it is I'm classic from start to finish. Huh? I'm not really familiar with that album. Okay, well, it's yeah, it's called Hanks because that's what he says. It of thanks, he says Hanks in between songs. Yep. What's up with that? Tell me, as, a, as an English person, I mean, I know he's, they're Irish. But what, from, what the hell does that mean? He's from Belfast, so he doesn't know how to speak right. You know. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> no, I think it just became you know, like, a catch, catchphrase, hey. you know. But because um, they still do that, don't they? 
Uh, no, not really. Not, not much like anymore. Thing. Oh, no, okay. yeah, I, I don't remember. If I when I saw them a few months ago, I don't remember him saying Hanks, but maybe he did. You know, a few months ago, it's probably been like a year now. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's probably no. I think it was last fall. I think for right? the fall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, with the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. But it is such an incredible live album. Um, yeah. You know, let's give you the track list. Nobody's hero. Got to get away. Mm-hmm. Wait and See, Bob Dwyer Love, Fly the Flag, Alternative Ulster, Johnny Was, At the Edge, Wasted Life, Tin Soldiers, and Suspect Device. I mean, wow. 12 absolute classics. It's right like there. the greatest hits from the first two albums. It really is. It really is. And it's like tons of energy from the crowd, um, tons of banter, you know. It is just fa- it's an incredible live hmm. album. So, yeah. I might have to seek that one out. Yeah, you should. Again, if it's if if you if you don't know that much about the about some of the early recordings or whatever, just like the jam one, this would actually be a really good place to start. You know, because yeah. it's got the it's got the best of you know recorded live on 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 that one album. So, um, very 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 good album. I I defy you to not be like pogoing around the house after you've been listening to it for like five minutes. It's it's. Brilliant. I get winded after like ten seconds of pogoing, <laughs> so I might do it for like ten seconds. Okay, All right, well, so what? See, you want to you want to play? You're done, or you want to play another song? Or you I'm wanna, no, I'm done talking about that. that. I think okay. I mean probably a lot of people know that one already, but uh, that is a great live album. And I would say revisit it if you haven't played it in a while because you'll you'll enjoy it. Okay, maybe um, maybe next week we'll get our crap together and like play some of these live live tracks from these albums we're talking about because we we're you know we always like to be at least a week behind our content with our playlists. So well, we could, but uh, th- that might maybe not, be two weeks. That might not might not actually be that great of an idea because some of these it will be difficult to. To lift one song mm. away from the whole, you know, out of from a concert, you know what I mean? Maybe we I, need to play the whole song and then talk over it like Mystery Theater 3000 style. Yeah, do, yeah, play the whole album and just talk over it. Yeah, there we go. That'll <laughs> be good. Great. That'll be good. That'd be great. Yeah. We could hemorrhage, hemorrhage listeners. Hmm. Um, all right, I'm going to play a song. I'm going to play one of the bands that we're missing uh, coming up is the Subhumans, the English Subhumans. Um, and so they actually just recorded an album last year that was fantastic and i am going to play a song off that i'm going to play the song thought is free from the subhumans from 2019 Yes, of convenience, a thousand talking heads. We must 
wake up for a life who sentences, sentence those who write, delete the online versions of opinions they don't like, contain the contradictions that open people's minds, illegalize the actions that follow close behind. They can put hate on your body, persecute your soul, ridicule your attitudes but never get control. A missing intuition, individuality, you can put a price on anything but was the subhumans the mighty last, subhumans last, last song off crisis point their last yep. their album from last yep. year the yeah the album was called crisis point and that was very the song good very Thought uh is free. very uh you know they've always they got they definitely that's a band that has their own sound i always thought oh yeah but and they've Never, stuck they've stuck to it they haven't and they, they have they, yeah it's kind of got a, like a jerkiness to it that i always liked yeah and, uh, yeah and i don't know that much about the band except from dick the singer i don't know if yeah. it's this i don't know if it's all original I members it's, or... if it's not all original it's close okay that's cool it's amazing i remember that taking my so we were supposed to go see him in st louis and my son and i were supposed to go and because we were going to be down there and i'm pretty bummed out that we're going to miss it but i definitely uh i took my daughter when she was like 15 to see him in detroit and and Dick Lucas literally just looks like a homeless guy who walked in off the street and went up on stage and started singing with the band. Yeah, he's very, he's a very genuine dude. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's it, the, I hope they reschedule that tour. They're definitely worth seeing if you haven't seen them. They're a fun band. They're one well, of those, maybe fun's not the right word, but they're a good band. They're one of those bands, you know. They come from that like anarchy kind of scene. Yeah, from, kind of the uh, crass, like from, second generation crass. Yeah, from like eighty one, eighty two in England. Um, but uh, one of the most well-known ones, but, I mean, clearly they've been around for a long time, but they've never made any money. You know what I mean? They're not certainly yeah. not millionaires or anything. It's not rents that we're talking about here. But they keep on doing it, you know? Yep. If you're still mad at Margaret Thatcher, they're a band you should definitely check out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Maggie T. But they're good. They're good, man. I, I, I yeah. dig them. I really I, – I got nothing bad to say about them. I mean, like, I have, like, mixed feelings about Crass because sometimes they kind of – they just kind of grate on my nerves sometimes. I like a lot of their stuff, but I, I, there's a fair amount of their stuff that I ten percent or something that I, I can't listen to at all. Well, Crass is maybe, not a, Crass is maybe not an more easy, than that. That's not an easy listen. I mean, some yeah, of their I stuff mean, that is last a tough album listen. Is virtually unlistenable. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but I mean, I like the regular albums for the most part, like most of it. But, well, then, but yeah, what, they were they were challenging. One of those things, right? Like even like the first album, the classic one. I can get about halfway through, and then I'll be like, eh, that's probably enough. Actually. Need a break. I don't need to, because they got that, like, military drum beat just going all the way through every yeah. song. And that is like, the, yeah. the Feeding of the 5,000? Yeah, Feeding of the 5,000, yeah. 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 I'm going to say to people. I, I do have that. I even have, like, this deluxe, like, version of it, I think has, like, four CDs or something. Oh, you got the CD, didn't get on vinyl? Okay. Well, they have all those reissues they did a few years ago, and right. they were really, really well done. And I have almost all of them, except for, I think, Penis Envy, which I have an older version of. 
and which is another one that's not the easiest album to listen to, if we're being honest. And the other one, which is the very last one that I can't even remember what it's called, but the very last one is like a concept album. It's it's not even really punk or anything. I can't remember what it's called, but I have all their key the key albums in these like crazy expanded versions. Yeah, you see, back then, um, you could either go in two directions. If you wanted to be into that kind of stuff, you could go the crass way or you could go conflict. And I went more conflict. Than yeah, I was going to say, I in hindsight, crass. I probably am more of a conflict guy. <clears throat> yeah, because they were like, you know, crass were always like anarchy. I mean, peace and anarchy and stuff like that. And conflict were like, no, you fucking hit me. I'm going to hit you back. Um, so conflict's music was a little harder and a little more straightforward than uh, hmm. than, than crass for, for sure. Yeah, I, I think I think you dig conflict a lot actually. If you've uh, if you've hmm. never listened I'm vaguely to them that fam- much. I'm, I'm familiar with them a little bit. So yeah, never seen them. Yep. Um. So. All right. We got side- Once again, we got sidetracked. Kings are going sidetracked. So, so we are I'm going to go ahead with my number one. I assume you're, you're probably ready to do that, too. We can almost do this jointly, right? We could do this jointly because I believe we have the same. And, and it's funny because we didn't, we, we literally didn't, there was no disputing what the number one live album of all live time. punk album of all time is. Right. There, was no, there was no disputing it. So we both had number one half. Drum roll. That... All right, Neil, you go ahead. It's the Ramones. It's alive. 19, I mean, it's and unfortunately, nineteen seventy nine. It's like we started putting this list together. It's like okay, that's number one. I guess we can build the list around that. Pretty much. I mean, it's the first three albums, their best albums, live played just amazingly, and uh, the original lineup and the track listing speaks for itself. And it's just great performance and yeah. Just it just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if anybody wanted to say, "Oh, I've never listened. I've heard the Ramones, but I've never listened to them. What should I? What should I listen to? Uh, give them. Give them. It's alive. Double album. Any um, of the first three albums, if we're being honest, you can't really go wrong. With. Yeah, but this is. But this, like you said, it's almost like the perfect yeah. compilation of the first three albums played live. Yeah. You know, with all the energy from the crowd and Joey talking between songs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, even still, you know, whenever I'm thinking of a live album, it always starts off with, "Hey, we're the Ramones. This one's called Rockaway Beach, right?" Yep. I mean, that's it, it's the it's funny. Classic. I just I just listened to Rock and Rush yesterday. Yeah, such um, good stuff. It was recorded live New Year's Eve, 1977, in London, um, and I, th- I think we said <clears throat> just be the recorded three other uh concerts from that same tour um and actually they've they've all been released um over the past couple of years on record store days etc and um they're good too but they they still don't stand up to uh, to this one this was definitely the best one i i think and i've listened i've listened to all of them and i think i think this is the uh this is the but the best live representation of them is uh the one on it's alive so did, did you have this on vinyl or did you have it on cd uh, unfortunately, only on CD. And I see they have a really nice vinyl version of it now, one red, one blue LP. Okay. So I might try to pick it up, but it's definitely one of those, you know, cost me 30 bucks. Because it's one of those ones that, I mean, I bought it when it first came out, um, and it was pretty much all I listened to that summer of 1979. I was just mm. obsessed with the Ramones that summer. And, but I believe that the, like, it, it wasn't available on vinyl in the States, and all that you could get was some, like, so I don't think didn't they do a single because it's a double LP double LP yeah but I think it was like a dispute with the record label or something and it ended up only being a single oh I LP or something or that. the Japanese version was only a single LP I don't remember I yeah I I'm not sure about that but I do once again know. I hate to say something and be totally wrong about it because I know when I listen to podcasts and I hear people just dis, like 
yeah. say blatantly wrong facts. I'm driving in my car screaming at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I know what I did here was that when it when it was released on CD in the states, it was like an inferior pressing or something and sounded like shit. So, which is a Not shame. Surprising. Which is a shame because the original albums sound fantastic. Always did. Uh, they do, and the new vinyl presses of the early albums on vinyl sound amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, it, funny story because you know, like I said, I I bought that. I think the day it came out, and I was in Liverpool. And I bought the album, and this was when like department stores used to have records, record uh, selections too, right? Sure. Like, um, I'm trying to think of, I guess like maybe Marshall Fields or something would be the equivalent over here. Um, think, it, but anyway, I so that's where I bought it because I I was in there and they had a big they had a big display on the wall, uh, for the Ramones It's Alive album, and it was just a bunch of like maybe like ten twenty album covers just all cut up, like was this display and i bought the album and i said to the guy behind the counter i said any chance i could are you getting rid of that you know could i take that home and he's like yeah come back on wednesday and you can have it i was like excellent so i come back on wednesday and this thing was as tall as me because like i said it was just all these album covers just like stapled together and to get to liverpool from my suburb i have to take the i have to take the uh I have to take the train underground to go through a tunnel. So I'm like walking around Liverpool with this huge fucking Ramones like thing that's as tall as me and try to get it on the train and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. Now you don't still have that. I don't know what happened to it. No. Oh, I, that'd I, be so amazing. It's probably worth big bucks now, right? Yeah. Well, it was just, like I said, it was just album Because there's so much Ramones collector. I know, but the Ramones collector market is still huge, you know? I mean, well, you could just buy the albums and staple them together because that's all it was. You know, but, but still, it wasn't like it was a, a live poster, you know, a poster or something. But still, oh, you're it, really selling this down, Neil. I'm really, well, I'm really trying to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right? I know. Meanwhile, no. your mom just threw it in the dustbin, right? No, the, the funny thing was, it was me like struggling with this, trying to get it on the uh, on the Mersey Rail to get home to Wallasey from uh, from Liverpool, right? <laughs> Then you got beat up by a Thin Lizzy fan. Probably, right? People were looking at me like, "What? The, where did he steal that from? You know, that kind of thing. But uh, mm. yeah, that album means a lot to me. It really, really does. Um, I was just, I'm just like literally while we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, let's see if I can order a copy of that. The, the, like I said, there's a new press with one red, one blue cl- clear vinyl. It looks pretty cool. It's on, what did you say? It was on uh, Rhino? I think so, right? I mean, that's who did all their original, their other albums, the represses. Yeah. No, that's it's right. Yeah, they did. It's yeah, got, yeah. I mean, it's got, I mean, it's got, you know, 14, 20, 28 songs on it. At the time, they had released about, you know, 43 songs or something. So, right. I mean, it's really a pretty good overview of their whole... Well, it is, of the first three albums. I'm trying yeah, to look and really see if there's is. any, like, covers or anything that weren't on... No, I don't think there is. But I don't think so. It's just from their no, first... It's just the first three albums. The Ramones are so much like every, like, young punk band when they're starting out. Like, oh, we'd like to play some cool, popular songs, but we can't figure them out, so we're just going to write our own songs. And then you become musicians where you can really only play your own, like, simple songs, you know? Well, the funny thing... Well, yeah, you say that. That's true. But I, you know, one of my favorite earlier Ramones songs was California Sun, right? The old... Uh... The old surf cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, great, great song. They um, did a bunch of those kind of songs. Like yeah, they that. did. Like, well, yeah, well, do, you, do You Want to Dance? That's another one. Yeah. Any of the 60s favorite, well, it's, it's favorite funny pop hits, right? If you remember when we had BA on episode 13, was it? Something like that, yeah. That we had BA on from Sloppy Seconds. He talked about how it, you know, they took a long time refining the tracks for their first album, Destroyed, and how you wouldn't have wanted to hear, you know, all the songs that came in between. And, you know, we kind of casually mentioned the fact that Ramones might be the only band that literally just recorded, you know, their first two albums, allegedly, are literally like the first 28 songs they wrote. Right. right. Just recorded one right after another, and they're so perfect. 
And the third album still has that spirit. And then, of course, Tommy leaves and Marky comes on and plays drums. And and they kind of got more ambitious. They kind of wanted to try to become more popular or whatever. And, that, you know, and obviously it didn't work out for them, really. But those first three albums are just so perfect. The songs are so perfect. Everything about it is so good. Well, the funny thing is, on some of those reissues they've done of those first three albums where they have extra tracks and stuff, you know, some of the other studio tracks they didn't put on the regular albums. Those yeah. tra- those tracks are even really good. Yeah, like Slug. There's Slug, a that's that a great song, yeah. Some famous sort of songs that didn't make the records, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to well, be... Well, and like I, mean, I was going to say, because each of the first three records each had 14 tracks on them, but there was one... There was some weird thing with the Leave Home pressing where they had an issue with Carbona not glue because Carbona was a proprietary Trademark, name or something. Yep, yep. So they had an extra track called Babysitter that was really good too. Yep. So and they, they traded that off. out, or they yep. had a version of Sheen as a punk rocker or something. I can't remember, but I like on the CD version because Rhino did a really nice version on the CD reissues of the Ramones albums. I know you're not a big fan of those, but uh, but it has both has both tracks on it, and I sort of miss Babysitter on the vinyl repress of uh, Leave Home, but obviously it's like a true, you know, a true repress with the original 14 tracks. Yeah, I've actually... So I know some of them had Sheen as a punk rocker, which didn't show up until the third album, Rocket to Russia, so... I made I made it a point, being a Ramones fanatic back then, I had to go... The English, the regular English version of Leave Home did have Babysitter on it, okay. but I made a point of going out and finding an American press that had Cabo mm-hmm. and Not Glue, which then became one of my favorite Ramones songs. It's a great song. a great, great song, yeah. Um, huh. yeah. Well, so, I hope this, I hope this gives folks something to think about, you know, since we can't go to shows, we can sit around and listen to live albums. And, and like Neil, I said, neither of us are really huge live album fans, but I definitely looking back over the list and trying to think about this, there was a surprising amount that I've enjoyed over the years, actually. Well, I had, I had They're so just much... not my go-to records, really. I mean, when I started looking at this last night, because, I mean, that's what's given us, this isolation has given us a lot of time to think about this, about nonsense like this, right? A lot of right? time to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> drink beer in our own homes and, but you know, text had, back and forth. I have had so much fun listening to Hanks and the Jam last night and then listening to the Heartbreakers today. I was falling about laughing um, with some of the shit Johnny was saying to the crowd. It just had me bo- uh, laughing my head off. So um, mm. it's actually been a lot of fun listening to these live records. And... Maybe that, and I did have some other ones on my list, but none of them stood up to these ones because these ones all come across as yeah, they were being recorded live and spontaneous. Whereas some of the other ones either are recorded badly, like the UK subs crash course that was going to be on there, but it's it doesn't sound good, it mm. just does not sound good. And then, um, some of the other ones they just sound a little forced or something like they knew they were being recorded live and so they oh, you know what i mean they, too they, hard. Try, yeah or something and there's too much powder between songs or mm. something so uh yeah anyway i've had a lot of fun doing this all right so, yeah, yeah it was it was it was it was fun now i'm gonna play a song that's totally irrelevant to but literally this... totally irrelevant to this list and actually feels a little awkward well, but it's another band that we were supposed yes, to see that another band that canceled. had to cancel their tour. And yeah. actually, I feel really bad for this band because they've had really bad luck last year, too. I had to call their tour short. So Off of Their Heads put off a new album last year. And I got to say, Off of Their Heads is one of those bands where I'm surprised I like them. They don't seem like a band that I should like, but man, I like their records. Well, well, the re- I mean, the early stuff was different to this newest yeah. record, right? But because they're, they're, they're new, because it's, it's the thing with their music that is generally not the kind of music I like, it's just so sincere so <laughs> you know what i mean yeah they, the the ryan ryan young the guy's name is right the the, the sole constant guy 
and he lays his emotions so bare in his songs. And usually that's not my thing, but man, he's just so good at it. And there's something, there's a human element to his songwriting that's just undeniable to me. And they, they put out a new album last year called be good. And I like it a lot. Um, boy, it's one of those albums to me that's produced so perfectly because it sounds so good, but it doesn't feel overly done. Yeah. It's right at the brink though. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't want it any more produced. Um, but they were on tour last year, if you remember, Neil. This was kind of a big news story. So they there was an incident involving their tour van and trailer and a girl just getting horribly injured. Oh, that's that? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. So yeah. they, they had to come home from their tour early. They were actually in Canada, and originally there was rumors going around that there was drunk driving involved and blah, blah, blah. But at the, at the end of the day, this girl was hurt really bad. It was a tragic story. Young girl, beautiful young girl just got torn up. Like was mm. gonna have her life was radically changed, but when it all came, when it was all said and done, it was not the band's fault at all. She actually tried to walk between the van and the trailer while it was on the road. Oh shit! So yeah. he drug her. So whoever was driving the van and trailer literally drug her down the road for like a hundred yards, just mm. you know, skinned the side off her skull. You know. Okay, thanks so, for that. <laughs> we didn't, so, didn't so, need to anyway, know that. Anyway, <laughs> very very sad story, but it's just one of those nobody wins. You know, it wasn't the band's fault, and they had to cancel their tour. And you know, they're they're the type of level band where they they don't they're not making a ton of money. You know, they yeah. need to they need to tour. They need to tour and, to to be. To and then now yeah. they're supposed to come back out again in the spring, and once again now we have this coronavirus, and they're had to cancel their their tour again. So I actually, man, I, I these guys have had bad bad luck no fault of their own you know so anyway we're gonna play let's play the title track from their album that came out last year it's this is off of their heads be good
be good from off with their heads. Uh, I mean, I, I, d- I doubt a couple of guys like us talking about them is really going to do much to help their, you know, their their bad luck. But I, like I said, I do, I do empathize with them, and I'm I like the band. I don't know that there's not a lot of their bands like that that I really get into. So, well, I I did see that um, yesterday. I think it was yesterday or Friday. They actually have rescheduled some of their shows. So, I saw that Chicago was yeah, rescheduled, but that the sh- was the only one I saw. Oh, well, because I know, yeah. See, the- you know, we're going to have the same problem in September that we had in April. Like, everybody's going to reschedule in September. Yeah, and they'll all be so, playing the same night probably, right? They'll be like so, six so bands Ryan Young playing the same a, night. Run, it does a podcast called Anxious and Angry. I've never actually listened to the podcast, but he also has a, a store and sells a bunch of stuff, handwritten lyrics and a bunch of other cool stuff. So if they're a band that you're into and you're – you know, feeling sympathy for their plight. Go, go check out Anxious and Angry, and, well, so and once, once that, again, go buy some stuff because they got some cool stuff over there. That's that's I've, a, I've ordered from them before. That's actually an interesting concept that you bring that up. How do you feel about that when a band, when a you know a band, they'll uh, you know write their lyrics or whatever, you know they'll handwrite their lyrics and send them to you for twenty bucks I, or something I, like that? I don't, I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I think it would be kind of a cool gift for the right person. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'd buy it for myself or not, but if I had a friend and, you know, I think it could be a really, a really cool gift. And, and, you know, when we were kids, if a band was doing this, you'd be like, what a joke, man. Screw you trying to rip off your fans. But now it's so hard for these bands to make a living. I don't begrudge them anything. Yeah, I mean, because uh, Charlie... do, do what you got to do. Nobody, listen, nobody's putting a gun to your head. If you don't want it, don't buy it. Charlie Harper, uh, d- Charlie Harper does that from the UK subs. He, he'll, he? he'll, you okay. know, you know, you, you, tell him what song you want him to write yep. the lyrics to and he'll write them down and send them to you and sign it so i yeah, guess it's a truly unique gift uh, or well, a truly well, unique piece of well it's know. not unique though is it because but it do is. It... there's only one of a kind though he does each one of them by hand it's not photocopied well yeah but it's his handwriting on every one so if, if i if he did one for me and he did one for you it would look exactly the same pretty much well, i know but he still did it it's not I, I don't know i think it's just nicer more of a personal thing than yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I, I don't know. So, you don't if, have, so you're, you're not doing this, is what you're saying, or you well, haven't done this? Well, the funny, no, I haven't done it. The funny thing is, I mean, I, I do, I don't collect autographs, but I do have autograph pictures and posters and shit like that, right? So, yeah. I, I guess what's the difference? But uh, I guess it's just because, like, if you see, if you see, say, Johnny Rotten's original handwritten lyrics for Anarchy in the UK, yeah. that's much different than him writing it down tomorrow and selling it to you for 50 bucks you know what i mean i, I yeah mean. i i get that i guess no um, and the fact that there's all my autograph stuff it's it was never because i i've never done the meet and greet pay to get right. to meet the band kind of thing it's always been kind of a right place at the right time or you know yeah just hanging out way just, to the just hanging out like normal people yeah yeah, yeah, and that's, um, that's one of the things with punk rock and this, and you know that might be that might be our next. We might have to talk about that next yes. time the meet, meet and greet thing. Yeah, Did the we meet and greet thing. Yet? No, we didn't, and um, we can okay. we can do that. Yeah, for we sure. can, we can talk about idea. we definitely could talk about that. But because, like I said, once again, my opinion generally about this stuff is these guys really don't make any money. They don't have the stability that you or I do working a normal schmo job. We got benefit, you know, we got insurance. We got yeah, yeah. These guys are hustling to make a buck, so I don't begrudge them anything. When I was a kid, I thought everything was selling out. Yeah, it's other true, than you know, making yeah. independent records and touring, every other thing is selling out. But now I just I don't I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. guess that that was probably the influence of like maximum rock and roll. Those bastards, <laughs> stupid punk rock gatekeepers. You know. Yeah, it was it was a bigger deal back then though the whole concept of selling out. Was it was... or was it? Well, it was, I mean, it, was it, it really? It, it, I mean, the, no, we but just it was even the Ramones. How they're one of our favorite bands of all time. We're a major label band. Yeah, but even in the seventies, that would that was a yeah, the whole sell the whole the selling. American, out. It wasn't until the American hardcore stuff coming started coming around 
I think that changed the attitude about that stuff. No, that real independent kind of thought, which there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, the minor threats and the black flags. No, in '77 and in '77 and '78, that was a big deal. Bands selling out. Yeah, the, I, mean, I don't know, it, man. It, I it, hardly it, remember anything from between kindergarten and first grade. It was it was it wasn't so much the major <laughs> label thing because pretty much everybody signed to a major label, but it was yeah. like you know if you were charging you know six pounds for your album instead of three pounds for your album, or if you were charging four pounds to get into your concert instead of two pounds oh, to get into your you concert. You wish you had you all know. those three pound albums. They're all worth a ton of dough now, right? Yeah, well, I still do buddy yeah so <laughs> yeah we wish you bought every one of them oh yeah definitely i had pocket money though man you could only you had to choose right so yeah, i hear yeah. you man i had a little yeah. paper route and i you know that's that's another topic of conversation take this in your mental notes mail order records because uh man i tell you i'm 40 almost 47 and you're a decade older and i still get a thrill out of getting a freaking record in the mail yeah, and you look, and you open it it's up to look, you open it up to look for stickers and shit. Even yeah, though, exactly. even though, what it's, the it's hell, just... what the hell am I gonna put stickers on? What am, it's what like, am I twelve? Like, you know, if, it's like gambling. You know, I think if you go to a casino and you're 18 years old, and like, oh, I'm gonna go to a casino, I'm gonna gamble, and you throw a quarter in a slot machine, you pull that lever, and the first time you pull that lever, you win. You're always gonna be hooked on it. That's the way I feel right. about records. Like, I still get yeah. a thrill out of getting records in the mail. So, no, that's true. Send man. us records, guys. True. Send us records. Just yep. kidding. Yeah, send us records. Sure. So, all right, let's uh, let's so so where are we at? We're at we're at Punk Till I Die uh, podcast on Facebook. We and... appreciate you checking that out. You can go look at some pictures of my relatively new collections of records and Neil's old collections of records and yeah, pictures actually... of me after I've had too much green beer and all kinds of original content over there. So Yeah, I actually put up my uh, my collection of Clash singles, original I saw Clash that. singles today. Yeah, so I wanted um... to like it, Neil, but every time I go to like something, I end up liking it as Punk Till I Die, and I hate that when I do that, so I well... can't figure out how to separate my personal account, so... Oh, I anyway. get you. Yeah. Anyway, well, it doesn't matter if you even you can like it. I'll I'll know it was you even if nobody yeah, else exactly. does. So it's fine. I'm ogling from afar. Yeah. So on the next ones from I'm going to put distance. up. The next ones I'm going to put up is all my jam singles probably. So Sweet. that might be the last ones I I do like that. So, um. Cool. But yeah. So yeah, it's, number twenty four is up from um. Uh, you know, obviously the last episode is up, and this one will be up soon. And yep. Punk and till I die. Punk till I die seventy seven at gmail.com. Yep. yep. Email so, us and email. We've us definitely had some people writing out privately and publicly, and uh, hey, man, we appreciate all the all the feedback, and uh, it's nice to uh, know that people are listening and enjoying. It, so, well, I, I actually would be interested too is if people who've got newer punk album, newer punk live albums that they like, and like I think all the Descendants have a live album. They do. Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, most of our stuff was old, so if. You know, if any of you guys have any suggestions for... But I don't know, are bands doing live albums anymore? Punk bands? I mean, you know, there was the series a few years ago on Fat called uh, Live and a Dive. Okay. Uh, no Effects has done a couple. Actually, I'd say No Effects was definitely kind of uh, on my short list, too. And, you know, the thing with... We each did a list of five, but the fact of the matter is if we did it again in six months, it might be... Everything except for the remotes might be different. Right. You know? Yeah. But it's alive as, I mean, that that's the Wilt Chamberlain, the Michael Jordan, and the Kobe Bryant all rolled up into one. That is the, you know, that's the one. So, but beyond that, yeah, it could change based on taste. You know, it's all these lists, you know, top 10 favorite of all time or anything. You know, it, it changes on a given day. Right. You know, we've discussed this. I'll put on Husker Du's NRK and I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest record ever made. And then I'll put on Walk Among Us and I'll be like, oh man, this is the greatest record ever made. You know, <laughs> yeah. Ramones Leave Home. Oh man, this is the greatest record ever, you know, so yeah. it's. It is what it is. Well, so. we're lucky in this time of isolation that we have music to fall back on, right? Shit. Exactly. Really are. I, I, so. I mean, we are living in the golden age of streaming television, and like, you know, I joked last time, I've been sort of preparing for this my whole life by hoarding all this music to listen to, and now I have a chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, 
So anyway, hey, thanks a lot, everybody. We'll uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll talk at you soon. Everybody, stay free, stay healthy, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next Love. time. Yep. Smiley lip. Yep. All right. Bye bye.